such as, you know, actors, writers, singers, producers, directors, whatever. And it, it, it wouldn't have worked. And then immediately, like almost immediately after, SAG went on strike, which is the Actors Guild. And then I was like, absolutely cannot come back to the show because my guests, like I said, are mostly, you know, members of these guilds. And there wouldn't have been much to talk about. Now, I, I mean, there are plenty of actors who did continue, you know, their podcasts during the strike. And I have nothing against those people. I have only a lot of respect for people who do the same thing as I do with their life because I know how difficult and sometimes challenging it can be. So, yeah, I have I have no ill will towards those people. But for me, it just didn't make sense because it's I mean, it's a conversational show. So, for example, you know, Brad Dourif has been on the show three times. It wouldn't have made sense to bring him back for like fourth time when we couldn't talk about anything because almost all of his work was struck. And when it comes to somebody like him, certain actors, you guys want to hear only about specific projects. Uh, in the case of Brad Dourif, that would be Chucky. Chucky was struck. So wouldn't have been able to even, you know, discuss it with him. So it didn't make sense to record episodes where people couldn't talk about past, present, or future projects. They just, it, they were basically gagged. And for a good reason, um, both WGA and SAG were fighting for things that were very, very important. And I'm not going to dive into that because it's been covered. It's been covered on social media. It's been covered on news media. And it doesn't need to be covered on this show. But I do want to say a big thank you to the negotiating committee, uh, negotiating committee, negotiation committee. I don't know, whatever. I'm not very politically correct or very articulate today. So forgive me for that. I want to thank them for fighting for the rights of the working class actor, which I am one. Um, it's it's unbelievable to, to be a part of such an esteemed group of people, to be able to call yourself an actor, to be able to call myself an actor is the greatest gift and honor of my life. I'm, I'm very proud of it. So that's why you hear me say many, many times that I'm an actor. Um, so not a lot was going on during that time, but I do want to share with you a really sweet story during that time, not, not the strike itself, but something that happened, something great that happened for me during that time. So during the strike, um, actors were largely not able to to um, promote their work. For example, Paul Dano starred in Dumb Money, could not, you know, do the festival circuit. But smaller films, which were indie films, those were allowed. They had reached an agreement with SAG and they were allowed to, uh, to promote their films. So this amazing film called Memory stars uh, Peter Sarsgaard, Jessica Chastain, and is directed by Michael Franco came to the film festival and I was lucky enough to attend the premiere. Now, this is like a big deal for me because I'm a huge Jessica Chastain fan. I think you can't be an actor and not be a huge Jessica Chastain fan. She um, is somebody who champions for all of us and she wants to see us all do well and she believes in all of us and she's made that very clear in a plethora of interviews and, um, you know, her, her award show speeches are always so heartfelt and stuff like that. So I was very excited to, to be there, and I've been wanting to meet Jessica for a while. Um, I'm not someone who has this kind of, like, obsession with meeting celebrities. Like, I don't really understand the need or the want to meet somebody for 30 seconds, take a picture, and post it on social media for clout. It's never been my thing. But there are people who I look up to who I've met and had the opportunity to, you know, 
there were things on my heart that I wanted to say, and Jessica is one of the people. So I've I've been trying to meet Jessica for a while, not actively trying, but like when we were in the same spaces, I was like, oh, maybe this time and maybe this time, and it never happened until it did. <laughs> so at the premiere of Memory, uh, I got to meet Jessica, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. She couldn't be more genuine and more sweet. I have never cried in front of a celebrity before or an actor or anything. It just, it's never phased me. But with Jessica, I guess I was overly emotional that day. And I saw her being like one foot in front of my face and I started crying. And then I said to her, you know, Jessica, every time you, you say in one of your award speeches, you're only one job away. I feel like you're talking to me. And Jessica's instinct was to put her hands on my shoulders and say, well, I can't wait to work with you on set. And it meant the whole freaking world to me that during this like dark time for actors who couldn't work, this movie star was acknowledging my existence. And not only that, acknowledging my greatness and her belief in me, which was amazing. So I know you probably aren't, but in the off chance that you, Jessica Chastain, are listening to this podcast, I just want to say that I cannot wait to work with you on set. It's going to be so much fun. And I say I cannot wait because I know it's going to happen. And the reason I know it's going to happen is because you, Jessica Chastain, put that out into the universe. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jessica shared a really sweet story about a similar experience she had with Philip Seymour Hoffman, who had come to speak to her acting class and said he was looking, he was looking forward to uh, working with each and every one of them. And just a few short years later, Jessica got to work with him. I think it was in a stage play, which is amazing. So when Jessica said that to me, she spoke that into the universe. And now the universe right now at this very moment is conspiring to, to bring Jessica and I together on a project. And I'm really looking forward to it. So I just wanted to share that really sweet story that happened during a very difficult time um, for me as an actor, you know, when every, everybody was on strike and didn't know when they were going to go back, get back to work. So anyway, moving along with story time, eventually the strike did end and I could have brought the podcast back at that point. But then I was like, I want to wait until the contract is ratified, just out of respect for the guild because I'm crazy. <laughs> and so I, I waited and then I got sick. <laughs> I got RSV. Um, at the very beginning of December, I got RSV and it was so bad that I couldn't even like do any of the fun stuff that, you know, usually we do at Christmas time, like go look at Christmas lights, which is one of my favorite things. It's something I've been doing since I'm a little kid. But I couldn't do any of that stuff because my lungs were so just damaged from from the RSV and I have you know asthma to begin with so it I just could I couldn't do any of it I'm still struggling a little bit with my lungs in terms of like going for long walks um when it's kind of nippy outside but it's like February in two days so we're getting warmer weather and being able to go outside is becoming more possible for me which makes me very happy because I love to be outside so then it was Christmas and I'm like this is not the right time to bring, you know, the podcast back. Let's wait a little while. And then January comes around. Now, if you know me and you've listened to this show long enough, you know that January is a very, very hard month for me. Um, and, and I'll say why, just in case, you know, people who are not familiar with, with my little story. Um, so January 1st is my grandfather's birthday. Now, if you know me, um, you know this already, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you now, my grandpa was the hero to end all heroes. 
And so to open the year on the very first day and have this reminder that he is gone, it kind of, it, I know he's been gone for quite some time, but it still knocks the wind out of me every time. It's like I can go 11 months out of a year not thinking about it, and then that comes around, and it, it just takes, it sucks life out of me. And yes, I, I do still actively grieve for this man, and some people think that it's been a long time and I should be over it, but the truth of the matter is, is he gave me the greatest gift of all, which is my ability to be an actor, my desire, my want to be an actor, by showing me The Wizard of Oz, like the ripe old age of two, and playing it with me daily to the point that I believed it. So I was basically a method actor. And he knew who I would be before I knew. And um, so I, I'm very attached to, to his memory, and I love him. I, I can't even say love. I love him very much, so that that's very hard for me. And then on the 22nd of January, it's the death anniversary of a very dear, precious, amazing friend of mine. So it's a lot of grieving for like the entire month, January. And so tomorrow, January 30th, is actually the anniversary of my grandfather's passing. So all of January is hard. And even right now, I'm kind of, I'm down. Um, I cried a couple times today, just, you know, thinking about the fact that some years ago on this day, I went to school, I went to bed, I went to school the next day, and I thought, you know, my grandpa would be fine. And I came home to my dad being too much of a coward to tell me, and my mom came home a few hours later, my grandpa's things in her hand, and I found out that I didn't have a grandpa anymore and I started to laugh because I didn't know what else to do because I was a kid and that I'm emotionally scarred by it forever so I wanted to wait it out to do the podcast but on top of that tomorrow is also the six-year death anniversary of my best friend who uh, tragically took his life so it's a hard it's a hard month it's, it's a lot of grief but I thought I would come back now so that we can um, start having fun again and just change the narrative. You know, there's a brilliant director named Alma Harrell, who I adore, um, and she once told me that I should change the narrative by laughing in places where I've cried. So I'm trying to do that by laughing here on the podcast with you guys now um, instead of crying, uh, you know, in my bedroom by myself because... A lot of people that I loved are gone because I should be very grateful that the people that I loved were here for any period of time at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I've been. That's why I, I haven't been podcasting. And then I started getting messages on Twitter or now it's called X. It was Twitter when I left. Now it's X from people asking me if the podcast was over and I was just never going to bring it back. I was like, no, I, I, it's not over forever, but I realized that a year is a really long hiatus so i want to say thank you to the thirty-four thousand something of you who are following me over on x um on my the podcast's twitter a blonde who talks you guys are amazing and i want to thank you for continuing to listen to old episodes because i periodically would check and this podcast was trending not trending sorry charting right up until today it's charting in multiple countries and there hasn't been a new episode which speaks volumes on you guys and how much you're willing to listen and support me. So thank you from the very bottom of my heart. You have no idea what that means to me. But I'm back and 
I'm excited to be back. I have a guest, you know, coming for next week and, and that's going to be fun. But for this episode, it's just going to be me talking about stuff. Like, you know, in the beginning, if you guys ever tuned into my early shows, it was really just me, you know, hopping on a mic and talking about how pissed off or how happy I was about a football game. And yeah, if you know me, you know that the, the Tom Brady retirement, the Tom Brady period is coming up at some point in this at some point in this episode, it's coming, <laughs> but not right this second. <laughs> so there's that. But um, yeah, I also have to mention, and I probably could have waited until the end to mention this, but we mentioned it now. The chronology of this podcast is now messed up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And the reason for that is something went wrong with the RSS feed and I had to re-upload the episodes. So they are now appearing... They're in chronological order on the RSS feed, but for some reason, Spotify and Apple Podcasts has its own way of, of setting things up, and it, it shows the most recently updated podcasts first, so those are not actually the most recently updated, um, uploaded. They're, they're the most recently uploaded. They're not the most recently recorded, so the first one that should show up is... Um, I think it's called So That Happened, and it was just like a silly episode where I had my mom on the show uh the second one is called this one can talk with comedic cody who is a tiktok sensation i highly recommend checking that one out he was such a fun guest and um just a really positive person who i think has the ability to inspire a lot of you and the third is this one can talk about anything or sorry this one can talk with denise boutet fantastic freaking actress who was in uh, cecilia choice kombucha cure Highly recommend listening to that one as well, especially if you are an actor or an aspiring actor. She gives um, some great advice, and so I highly recommend checking them out, even though they're not really new. So the most recent one is the one titled The Swan Can Talk with Cecilia Choi, which was uploaded last February. That's the most recent one. Check it out. Check them all out. A lot of them are fun. When I started this podcast, like I said, it was really just me kind of shit talking like I'm doing right now and I didn't think that I would be doing it you know after all this time I didn't think I would I don't think people would listen I didn't think I just started during the pandemic and then I started hosting my mom and some of my friends came on uh and this guy Dennis who became kind of like a sensation because so many people were DMing me and they wanted to know if he was a real person or if this was like a comedy act no he's a real person and if you're wondering what I'm referencing um I think it's either episode seven or eight. But the title of it is, is it really fun to stay at the YMCA? And if you play that podcast, um, you will hear it. And then you will think, wow, I'm normal. <laughs> That's not even me, like not a slight at anyone. It's just, oh, Dennis, God bless him. He, he's a good man, but a very, very silly one at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened from there is I ended up hosting actual guests around, I think, 16 or 17. I was joined for the first time by two-time guest, and he'll be back, Tom Bergeron. And then that's when I realized that I would continue with the podcast with conversing with people within the industry to try and get, you know, advice and um, inspiration from people like me and myself. So that's pretty much where I stand with guests. There have been guests on here that were kind of irrelevant to what I do, but they were 
what they were promoting or what they wanted to talk about was actually something that resonated with me or was important. And so I would have them on. So anyone that you would like to hear from on this show, you know, drop me a message over on Twitter X, or you can message me on Instagram um, at that brash blonde. And I will get to, um, I will, you know, do my best to get you those guests. Let me know what topics you want me to talk about, things like that. It's really, this is a, like a, um, a collaborative effort, this podcast. I can't do it without the people who listen and I don't want to do it without the input of the people who listen. So you guys are a huge part of my show and this is turning into a freaking love fest for you. How awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. I am such a nerd. Not a lot has changed. So I know you guys are wondering where I'm at with the Tom Brady stuff, but I'm still going to keep you waiting. So you're going to have to either keep listening or fast forward. <laughs> it's award season. Last year, I did an episode called My Favorite Seasons, which were summer, football, and award season. But seeing as football season is a little bit of a downer for me this year, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that my favorite seasons currently are summer and award season. So I'm seeing a lot of people get really upset about award season this year because of the lack of love, I want to say, for Barbie. Now, I'm a Barbie girl. I loved the movie. I think Margot Robbie is such an amazing actress, okay? I love her. And the thing is, there's been a lot of really great performances this year. And so far, it's been kind of like Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone, who are kind of leading the the way for the women anyway, leading the, the award season. Now, what I want to say about that is I've also seen their films. So Emma Stone for Poor Things and Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Poor Things is a trip. It's an absolute it's a joy to watch, actually, when you if you can get past the, the nudity of it all um it's i don't want to say what it's about but it's a beautiful story and what emma had to pull off to 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 bring this character bella baxter to life is absolute madness i really can't sit here and tell you that i could do that so um i think her her accolades are well deserved and the fact that she beat out margot so far it's not a reflection of margot's performance it's like they nominate like five or six people and only one of them can win. Now, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon, that movie really broke my heart in a lot of ways because I'm not gonna lie to you, I went into it completely ignorant to what the subject matter was. I went into it because I'm a Scorsese fan and even more so, I'm a De Niro fan and I would watch that man in absolutely anything. So I went to see it and I was educated by the time I got out of that film, um, it is rooted in reality and it is devastating. And Lily Gladstone really has to dig into her own personal, like her heritage basically, which is very, I imagine very difficult. So as far as Oscars go, if I had to make a prediction right now today, I think Lily will take it. And if it's not Lily, I think it'll be Emma. Now, Margot was snubbed for the Oscar for the nomination. And I do think that that's a little bit ignorant, but that's my opinion and the opinion of many others. It just doesn't make sense that she didn't get the nomination. 
But then Ryan Gosling got it for supporting actor, even though I do think he was pretty fantastic as Ken. I didn't know what to expect with him um, as Ken. And there was probably like a hundred other actors that I could visually see as Ken. But because I am an actor, I try to never write off somebody. And even though I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, I am always willing to give somebody a chance as I would hope that they would be willing to do uh, for myself. So yeah, I, I liked Ryan Gosling as Ken. I don't know if I thought it was as good as, let's say, David Crumholtz in um, Oppenheimer, which was a very small role. But there are no small roles, only small actors. <laughs> and I would have loved to have seen David Crumholtz nominated for an Oscar, probably more than anyone. Um, I grew up, you know, with those Santa Claus movies. So I have this emotional attachment to David Crumholtz. I loved him in numbers. I mean, I couldn't fire off a million things that I've seen him in that I loved. And I would have loved to have seen him get a nomination just on his own, but I kind of, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. But David Crumholtz, if you are listening to this, and I hope that you are, because I love you. Um, if I had an award to give you like a Mela, because that's my name, um, I, if there was a Mela for best supporting actor I would give it to you for Oppenheimer I am so proud of you and I'm so inspired by you so thank you for being you and for existing in the world and uh sharing your talents with us <laughs> now I sound like a crazy fangirl but uh well worth it for such a an esteemed actor who I hope to work with one day <laughs> um I'm actually disappointed with the supporting actor category this year because um so far I mean I'm not even going to make a, an Oscars prediction for that because so far I've been wrong. Every single time they, they announce it, they're like Robert. And I'm like, yeah. Cause I think it's Robert De Niro for killers of the flower moon, but it's Robert Downey jr. For um, Oppenheimer, which is also very well deserved. But at the same time, it's like, I'm like, no, please. Like Mr. De Niro is one of my heroes. And so I want him to to win. But it, it is really, you know, as they say, an honor just to be nominated. That is, I think, the last major acting awards um, left. There's, I think there's, yeah, we've done. So, so there's still SAG, Screen Actors Guild. And I'm actually not sure if um, when the, when that's broadcasting, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be after or sorry, it's before the Oscars. It's always before the Oscars. Where where is my head right now? I'm so sorry, but I think SAG will follow um, Critics' Choice and Golden Globe uh, in terms of in terms of wins. That's just that's just what I think, and I could be completely wrong so I went ahead and checked just to make sure so that you guys aren't like watching at the wrong time or saying that I'm misquoting or, or something like that yeah the SAG awards are I believe on February 24th and the Oscars are on March 10th so if you want me to like do a run through a quick run through of um you know the predictions that I I have for them I'll do that uh, I'll do it now because I don't want to dedicate a whole show to that I'm just gonna run through I'm not going to even say who the nominees are. I'm just going to say who I think is going to win. So um, this is for SAG, Ensemble in a Drama Series, so television show. I'm going to go with 
Succession because I really loved Succession. It was an amazing show. I'm a huge fan of the sensational Kieran Culkin. Um, I mean, I can't even, Alan Rucked. Uh, I'm even pulling a blank here. Jerry Smith Cameron is my freaking hero. I would love to have her on the podcast. And for her alone, um, Succession deserves to win the Screen Actors Guild Award for um, Ensemble in a Drama Series. But that's a great cast. Uh, Sarah Snook, Matthew McFadden, uh, I'm seriously, Jeremy Strong, like Ryan Cox. This is a, a stacked, Nicholas Braun, this is a stacked cast. And um, if they don't win, I would be shocked. Next category, ans- ensemble, ensemble. Wow. Ensemble in a comedy series. Um, see, it could go either way. I, I think it's going to, I don't know. I-, I think Abbott Elementary is probably a lock, but the bear has been doing so well this award season and Ted Lasso is so popular. But I'm going to go with Abbott Elementary. Uh, male actor in a comedy series. Oh, is this a lead? Yeah, this is a lead because I see Jason Sudeikis here. Um, I'm going to go with Jeremy Allen White, the bear, because he's been cleaning up all season. Female in a supporting role. Mm, this is for a film, so I don't know where this came from. I'm going with Emily Blunt. I know that that's not the popular choice. It's The popular choice is probably Danielle Brooks. But for me, or maybe even, no, I'm yeah, mine is Emily Blunt. That's my prediction. Male actor in a drama series. I'm going, oh, this is so tough. I'm going with Kieran Culkin. He's been uh, cleaning up. But the thing is, is he's against Matthew McFadden and Brian Cox, who are both from Succession. And I really love Matthew. I just, I love them. I love this cast so much. So I think Kieran will take it. So I'm going to go with Kieran Culkin as a prediction. But if this was the Mela Awards, I would give it to Matthew McFadden. Just saying. Uh, male actor in a supporting role. This is film again. Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr. It's going to come down to one of those two. And I'm going <laughs> to, if there was a Mela for this, I would give it to Robert De Niro. But Robert Downey Jr. is probably going to win the Screen Actors Guild Award because he's been cleaning up all season. Uh, female in a leading role. Emma Stone, Lily Gladstone, Margot Robbie are all nominated in this category, as well as Annette Bending and Carrie Mulligan. If I'm going... <sighs> It's so hard to predict by using the trends, but I'm going to go with, for this one, Emma Stone. Again, Emma Stone. <laughs> Female actor in a drama series. So we're back to television. This is going to be a toss-up between the sensational Elizabeth Debicki and Sarah Snook. I've actually met Elizabeth, and we had like a really great conversation about what it was like working with Robert Duvall in Widows. She's an amazing actress and an even more amazing person, like so kind, so down to earth. And just, I loved meeting her, but I think Sarah Snook might, might trump her in the performance category. We'll see. It's not up to me. Well, I mean, I do get a vote, but it's not up to me. Male actor in a leading role. Uh, this is once again for film. I'm going to go with Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer because it's not even a contest. Oh, maybe it could be Paul Giamatti, but I think... I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Killian. Um, stunt ensemble. I couldn't tell you. I haven't even seen any of these movies. So, uh, oh no, I have. I've seen Barbie. <laughs> so let's just say I'm picking Barbie. Male actor in a miniseries or TV movie. Um, this is tough because again, I think it's gonna be Stephen, and I think I'm pronouncing this wrong. Stephen Yun for Beef. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Um. Female actor in a miniseries or television movie. I'm going to go with Ali Wong for Beef. 
female actor in a comedy series. Oh, this is tough. If I had a Mella to give out, it would go to Rachel Brosnahan for the Marvel Miss Maisel, because I love her, or Mrs. Maisel, whatever. But I think this is going to either Ao Edebiri, which I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, or the sensationally awesome, amazing Quinta Brunson. Dun, dun, dun. Next category, stunt ensemble for TV series. I don't know. I'm just trying to predict the categories that I that I know enough about to um to say. Otherwise, I just I'm just being ignorant and I don't want to do that. And it looks like that's all the categories. So there are probably there's got to be costume design and there, there's got to be more than this. What am I missing here? I'm looking at the list and it's like I'm just I'm all over the map. Guys, I'm all over the map, which is nothing new for me. Um, let's see. Okay, here motion picture cast and killer of the flower moon or oppenheimer i don't know i think it's going to come down to one of it could be barbie see it's it's difficult to it's really difficult to predict this is hardly me allowed why did i decide to do this <laughs> um covered that covered that covered this oh no i didn't yes i did see i'm so confused i'm all over the place can somebody get colin just in here to do my job please <laughs> um okay that category i've done okay again with the stunts Okay, and comedy series ensemble, I think I already said. Yep, I did. Male actor in a TV movie. Female actor, and yep, done that. Done this. Done that. Da 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 da. <laughs> um, done this. You know, I still don't understand how the bear is a comedy. I'm still trying to figure that one out, but uh, I guess we'll fig I'll figure it out at some point. I think those are all the categories that they released because I'm checking on a completely different website. And there's nothing out. It doesn't even say like a, a best picture or anything. I guess because it's screen actors. So um, those are my predictions for this for the SAG Awards. And now let's quickly do the um, the Oscars. So actor in a leading role. My prediction again: Killian Murphy. Actor in a supporting role. Again, Robert Downey Jr. would give the Mella to Robert De Niro. <laughs> Or Mark Ruffalo, because he was really something else in Poor Things. If you haven't seen it, see it. Actress in a leading role for this one. I'm going Lily Gladstone. Actress in a supporting role. I'm sticking with Emily Blunt. That's really who I would. I, I know. I, I feel like I know in my heart that she won't win it. But that's really who I think should win it. And there's always an upset. So even though she's not like the front runner, she could be the upset. So let's just wait and find out. Animated feature film, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, of course. Cinematography, oh, that's a really tough one. Tie for me. I mean, you can't even tie them. You can't tie an award show. Um, it's either Oppenheimer or Poor Things. I would probably say Poor Things. That's That would be my vote. Costume design, I would go Barbie. Um, I love the costumes in Barbie. They're like definitely clothes that I would be wearing. And some of them I actually do wear. So 100% Barbie. <laughs> directing um yeah martin scorsese killers of the flower moon just because i've seen it and it, it was such a it was a a lesson for me uh but i think christopher nolan will probably take it i mean martin marty could be the the upset i don't know documentary feature film not going to predict because i have not seen any of these nor the short films uh film editing mm definitely goes to poor things if you haven't seen it again see it international feature film i haven't seen any of these cannot make uh an accurate 
or fair prediction. Makeup and hairstyling, um, gotta go with poor things. Music, original score, um, I would say poor things. I really liked poor things, if you couldn't tell. A music, music, original song. Uh, what was I made for? Which should be the win, but I'm just Ken has won an award, which was a little crazy to Ryan Gosling, so it's a lot crazy to me. <laughs> Best picture, I think, will go to uh, Oppenheimer. That's that's my guess. Production design, I think, should go to Barbie. Animated short film, I haven't seen them. Live action short film, I haven't seen them. Sound, I would say Oppenheimer for sure. Visual effects, I would say probably like Mission Impossible because that's some insanity. Writing adapted screenplay, I'm going Barbie, Greta Gerwig, and uh, Noah Baumbach. Other than that, maybe Poor Things, M maybe Oppenheimer. I don't know. There's This category is stacked, guys. It's not fair. Um, writing original screenplay, I'm going to go with Anatomy of a Fall. And that's all the categories. So we can move on from award season, even though I didn't really talk that much about how I feel about who won and whatnot. I mean, I feel like I covered enough. I'm so happy about all the wins for Succession. It's been amazing to watch that cast, especially, you know, Sarah, Kieran, Matthew up there accepting their awards. These are very, very deserving actors. I hope that I will get to work with all of them. And that's it. And that's it, which is a strange line that I picked up from, from SNL and haven't been able to stop saying it. So I just want to thank the writers at SNL for writing a sketch called Tiny Ass Bag and uh, saying, and that's it, a hundred times because now I can't stop saying it. So thank you. Um, speaking of SNL, congratulations to cast member, writer Mikey Day, his Netflix show, is it cake has been renewed for a third season so yay congratulations to mikey i don't even know where this is coming from so let's move on <laughs> let's move on to that topic that you've been wondering about this entire time tom brady <laughs> was i in denial about his retirement yes was i completely delusional regarding his re retirement absolutely guys I thought he was joking again because like, why not? Why wouldn't you make that joke again? It's so funny. It was so funny the first time and didn't hurt my feelings at all. And, you know, his retirement is only about me. So here's the sitch when it comes to Tom Brady. Um, So there was a point where like the 49ers um, quarterbacks were like injured and they didn't think they were going to have a QB. And I'm like, this is it. He's going to come out of retirement to play for his boyhood team, right? And then he didn't do that. And then there was talk that he was planning on purchasing or buying into the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And I was like, oh, cool. This is great. But I also knew that an NFL owner cannot play. So that was kind of disappointing. But then the owners kept blocking the sale, blocking the sales of the state. His sale has it remained blocked. And I'm like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo is always injured. They've benched him. This is it. He's coming out of retirement now to stick it to all the people who told him he couldn't own a team. And then he didn't come out of retirement. <laughs> and then it was like playoffs. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Some team is going to pick him up and put him on their team so that they can win another Super Bowl. Like, it's going to happen. Like, I was that delusional, guys. Okay? I don't want to rehash how painful it was for me 
for this man to retire, but I was deluded and I am still a little bit deluded that he's just going to come back for some reason and play for Brock Purdy in the last game. Like I'm delusional when it comes to Tom Brady. Um, But yeah, no, I spent a lot of football season hoping that he would come back and I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't watch that many games this year because all the players that I'm like emotionally attached to are gone. So Gronk is gone. Julian Edelman gone. Tom Brady gone. Danny Amendola coaching uh, in Las Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo benched in Las Vegas. So it was just a, a tough season. Oh yeah. And Joe Burrow, who I'm not emotionally attached to, but I really like his style of play injured most of the season. So I didn't have, I don't have a horse in this race. I'm picking the 49ers cause that's Tom's, you know, boyhood team, but I really had no horse in, in the race, this, this NFL season. And you know, the funny part is, is I actually, um, so I won fantasy football with a whole bunch of players that I don't even like or care about. And I just drafted them cause I knew they were good. And I, I just, I had no emotional investment in football, which is so silly to have emotional investment in football anyway, but I I did when Tom played and he's not playing anymore, but I'm, I'm very excited because the Super Bowl is my last Tomless game. The next game I watch, Tom will be in the broadcast booth, which means I'm going to get to see him and his enthusiasm and all that will be back, you know, at the forefront. And I need that in my life. There's something about Tom that really motivates me and really inspires me to be the best that I can be. He always talks about how he never wanted to be um better than let's say Peyton Manning or Dan Marino or Joe Montana or whatever he just wanted to be better than himself he wanted to be his best self and I think that's a really good way of looking at things and living your life and I would like to live my life that way so yeah he just inspires me so much and so getting to see him next year back out there doing what he loves in a different capacity is going to renew uh, renew something in me I know this so I'm excited for that but otherwise, the NFL has been pretty underwhelming this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what he was. This is old news, I know. But I don't know what he was thinking going to play for the Jets. Like, this is the worst possible, like, imaginable team to go play for. And he gets injured, like, his first game. Like, what are you doing, dude? You you still don't have a Super Bowl ring. You're getting up there in age. What are you doing? But anyway, Aaron Rodgers doesn't listen to the show and that's fine because I don't really like the guy. <laughs> so I feel like the NFL this year has largely been like the Taylor Swift football league because the games that I did watch were not all Kansas City games, but I always got, you know, these um, updates on like what Taylor Swift was wearing or like. Taylor Swift reacting to stuff, unpopular opinion. Taylor Swift's reaction time is probably about 20 seconds late. Like I'm watching the um, Chiefs Ravens game yesterday and her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, got a touchdown and she didn't react for like a solid 20 seconds. When I was watching, you know, Buccaneers football or Patriots football, I could sort of see things coming like 20 seconds in advance. So my reaction time was like the minute it's happened, the second it's happening, I'm like, boom, like I'm, I, I was really in the game and I just feel like she's really not. And they keep showing her and showing her and I get it. The NFL is trying to draw in revenue because they know that Taylor Swift fans will tune in to watch Kansas City Chiefs games. 
even though they have no idea what they're watching just to see her and that's bringing up their ratings and bringing up their revenue if she wears a kansas city chiefs sweater that's available on you know nfl shop or fanatics that sweater is going to be sold out the next day uh travis kelsey jerseys have have gone up sales wise since they started dating it's literally been like a season of taylor swift in the nfl now i don't discredit taylor swift at all she's you know she's a freaking billionaire the woman has worked her butt off to get to where she is she's a great songwriter she's a great performer but what does she have to do with football it would be like sticking me on camera every i'm not as you know i'm not famous i'm not her but it'd be like sticking me on camera to see my reaction every time tom brady did something except the difference is is i actually knew like understood what i was watching so it's very it's been a bizarre season and I hate to be the one to say this because I never believed it before, but I am starting to think that it might be scripted because the how did the Ravens fall off? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And here's the scary part, guys. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Swifties are going to be like, oh my God, Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. And they're actually going to believe this. And that's even worse than my delusion that Tom Brady is coming out of retirement next week. Like, it's bizarre. And I really, I don't want to put Taylor Swift down for a number of reasons. Number one, um, I admire what she's done with her career. Number two, she's a strong woman. Number three, her fans are going to lynch me for saying, you know, the littlest thing, even though it's not a critique at her. It's really a critique towards the NFL. Like, what are you doing constantly showing us this woman you you don't do that with anyone else. Like maybe she doesn't want a camera lens in her face constantly. I don't know. I personally wouldn't. And I'm an actor who enjoys being in front of a camera. But I think when she's living her, her normal life or her personal life, it really shouldn't be broadcast all over the NFL. It, it, it has nothing to do with football. Congratulations, Taylor and Travis Kissed. Who cares? But I can't scroll through, you know, Instagram or X without seeing it, without seeing it a hundred times, without seeing my own friends celebrating this and knowing that these are people who don't watch football. So it's very bizarre that some people watch Taylor Swift's life and like her kissing a guy is the Super Bowl for them. It's so bizarre. Do I have a Super Bowl prediction? Yeah. (laughs) I predict that Taylor Swift's face will be all over the screen. If she makes it to the game, because I, I'm, from what I understand, she has an Eras tour show in uh, Japan on the 10th and the Super Bowl's on the 11th. So I don't know if with the, the time change and the flight duration and all that, if she'll even make the Super Bowl. But if she's there, I think this could be this, the, the Taylor Swift Bowl. And it's unfortunate because she's not even performing at halftime. Like at least they could have gave us that. Um, Usher is performing at halftime, which is a strange choice, (laughs) but um, I think Usher's a great performer, so I think it'll be fun. Um, I didn't love last year's halftime show, so I don't really know what to expect. My, the the, the last, the, 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 the last halftime show that I really enjoyed was Justin Timberlake. And the, the last one that I really, really enjoyed was Katy Perry. So it's been a while for me. It's, it's been since. The Patriots were in the playoffs. And I actually don't remember, not the playoffs, in the in the Super Bowl. I actually, well, I actually don't remember who performed in the Super Bowl that uh, 
that they won against the Rams. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, my prediction for that, for that, like I said, is that it's going to be the Taylor Swift Bowl. I'm rooting for the 49ers. I think the 49ers have what it takes, especially with CMC. But I just have this weird feeling that it's going to be the Chiefs. And I really don't want it to be the Chiefs because I have this obnoxious friend. His name is Tom, but it's not Tom Brady. And he loves the Chiefs. And I just don't want them to win so that he can't, can be miserable. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, he made fun of me because of Tom's retirement. And he told me to stop taking drugs because of my delusion. So I've, I've never done drugs, by the way. So for that reason, um, I, I really don't want Kansas City to win. And I really don't want them to win because I am scared that Taylor Swift fans are going to be like, Taylor won the Super Bowl. And yeah, it's terrifying. It's We live in a scary world. We live in a very scary world. <laughs> I think that's quite enough of story time with me. Um, but I am happy to be back here chatting with you guys and bringing you guests. I have a guest for you next week. I promise it's going to be a good time. And we're going to learn some stuff from an actress like I'm interviewing an actress. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> um, I guess it's going to be a more, more of a learning experience than me just rambling my thoughts here, which is what I've done for the last too long. <laughs> but I'm glad to be back, like I said. So um, as always, if you have a suggestion, like I mentioned earlier in the show, you can uh, send it to me on either X or Instagram. So on X, it's at a blonde who talks a b l o n d e w h o t a l k s on instagram it's my personal so that brash blonde t h a t b r a s h b l o n d e if you're wondering why there is no podcast uh, instagram it's because like i explained earlier i didn't know that i was going to do this for as long as i've done it so i never made one but i think i'm going to now i mean it's grown quite quite a bit the listenership is pretty high and um i think that maybe moving forward it would be fun to actually share the video of what we record or at least some portion of the video of what we record when we do interviews so yeah i'm definitely gonna get to work on that and i think that's all i have to say other than a big thank you to my sponsors of course the tb12 brand and the Brady brand who have no idea that they've been sponsoring my show since day one <laughs> and my real sponsors Michael Solberg Family Wines you can find them on Instagram at Michael Solberg Family Wines they have affordable and really delicious California wines um, also Huck's which is the um, <laughs> like, this is like I have something so long that it's almost embarrassing to say moisture wicking camel toe eliminating underwear <laughs> you can check them out at h-u-x-w-e-a-r it's a great uh women woman female founded company it's a great female founded company uh jen govier who founded it is an amazing woman love her to death love her product and yeah last but not least snack conscience which is a probiotic protein balls which are so good I eat them every single day, literally. Like I would, uh, they're not even paying me to tell you this. They are paying me in product because I love it so much. Um, and I think that's it for now. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Melanie with two L's. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. 
If you're new to the show, please go back and listen to something that's better than me rambling. If you're not new to the show, thank you for coming back. Have an amazing day and night, week, day. And if you plan on never listening to the podcast again, have a good life. Bye. Thank you, Next.